The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. The Soapbox on the Hard Shoulder. Yes, the soapbox at six now in the hard shoulder, wherein the great and good of Irish society join me to discuss a matter close to their heart. And with me today, Alex Cooney, the CEO of CyberSafe Kids. Um, Alex, thanks for coming into studio. And it is good to uh, see you. This kind of continues a conversation we've been having on the show in recent weeks. We've talked quite a bit about it. We had uh, Dr. Richard Hogan uh, on the show talking about kind of children accessing um, illicit material online. We spoke to Neve Hodnett, the new kind of online safety czar, uh, the safety commissioner. We spoke to uh, the Minister for Education last week, Norma Foley, about her meeting uh, with the big tech giants. Um, This is kind of your bread and butter. This is what your work is day in, day out. How would you assess what work is being done by the technology companies and by government in tandem to protect children online? So I would say that the pace of change has been pretty slow overall. If you consider that, you know, Facebook is been around, has been around for 20 years. Uh, so we've had 20 years to think about this. And it's really only in the last in recent memory, I think that things are starting to change and and they are starting to change. So in Ireland, we have now Coco's Law, which makes it illegal to share intimate images. And it also deals with more serious cases of bullying and online harassment. We have the Online Safety Media Regulation Bill, which you've just, sorry, Act, which you've just referenced there since 2022 and the appointment of Neve Hodnett as the Online Safety Commissioner. We will have imminently uh, this year the first online safety code, and this is supposed to regulate harmful content on uh, on the platforms uh, that we all know so well. So the likes of you know Google, um, uh, Snapchat, TikTok. Well, actually, sorry, Snapchat isn't based in Ireland, so won't come under that. Uh, um, won't come under the law. But it, it, so we are starting to see change, and certainly the conversation is is there in the media. I think we're having the debates, but it's it's too slow. We need. We need to move quick, more quickly on this. So, where are the kind of the, the shortcomings at the moment that most concern you? Well, at the end of the day, the the tech companies are benefiting enormously from their users, including children. We have huge underage user um, populations. So, we survey this year on year, and we look at uh, children under the age of thirteen. So, last year, for example, we found that eighty four percent of the eight to twelve year olds had a social media account. Um, you know, they're all under 13. So they're all under the minimum age requirement. Mm. Most popular ones were YouTube, 74%. Uh, then you have things like uh, WhatsApp and TikTok and Snapchat, uh, uh, which are hugely popular. Uh, Instagram, kind of not so popular these days, but it was was very popular. So children are really active online. Uh, they have tremendous access to the online world, uh, but we're not properly preparing or equipping them for it. And Ultimately, the online world wasn't isn't designed for children, yeah. and it was designed by adults for adults. So it's inherently unsafe. Uh, you, you mentioned that you know Facebook has been around for twenty years. Uh, maybe in the early days, policymakers uh, were given a bit of a buy by claiming ignorance. You know, they were not digital natives; were not used to all of this. I'm not sure they can claim that anymore. We're kind of beyond that point, aren't we? Yeah, no one can compl- claim can claim that anymore. You know, parents can't say it either. And we we hear a lot from parents that you know they're feeling overwhelmed; they don't know where to start. So, you know, one of our big areas of focus is to 
support parents and provide resources to them and run awareness campaigns to help them um, equip them better for parenting in the digital age. Uh, so we just launched last week uh, the Same Rules Apply campaign, which is all about, you know, thinking about parenting your children online as you would offline, you know, taking that same care and time and attention to prepare your kids to ride a bike and applying that mm. to their to your kids being online. Um, so, you know, th- those ongoing conversations, the supervision, the boundaries, the really thinking about when is the right time to get your child a device. Um, you know, we need to be doing more in our education system. So we, I know Minister Foley has been talking a lot about this issue in recent months, which is really welcome. And I, as you said, she, she spoke to the tech companies just last week. But actually what we need is a curriculum that is going to equip children for the digital age, you know, that is that has a core focus on building digital literacy skills in children. Yeah. It's very much a peripheral topic. We're working with a very dated curriculum in primary schools. I think it's 25 years old. And you think of the changes that have happened in that period of time, you know, if the likes of Facebook and Google, they've all appeared on the scene. Yeah. Children's access has massively increased since the introduction of the smartphone. You know, so I think we, we need to move with the times. Uh, and then there's the tech company responsibility, which is enormous. Uh, do you think that we expect the tech companies to kind of act in an altruistic manner all too often? Yeah, we probably do expect that altruism. So we're going to have to compel them to do so. It's not going to happen from their goodwill. We've seen that, right? They've Well, they've, we saw that meeting last week that I mentioned that was held and you mentioned it too. And Norma Foley, the Minister for Education, was in here afterwards talking about it. You know, she made the point that, you know, the companies were asked to put in place kind of more robust age verification measures and they just said no. Well, they, what, they said, we, we will continue to engage with this in the future, which kind of is just a polite way of saying no. So in theory, they should be compelled to do so under the Digital Services Act. So, you know, we should see really positive change. We've got the Digital Services Act at at European level. We've got the Online Safety and Media Regulation Act in Ireland. So we should see real change. It's all going to depend on... Uh, enforcement and ensuring that they really are putting in place the measures that will better protect children. We don't have safety by design as a kind of core design consideration of of the the services that are being mm. rolled out that children are using. So, you know, everything that's being done to better protect them is an add-on. It's an afterthought. So ultimately, it's never going to be as effective as, as if you've considered right from the beginning okay, children are going to be using these services. We need to treat, we need to make sure that they're going to be well protected. We do that offline in their best interests. We need to do it online too. Do you suspect there's a fear amongst policymakers about spooking the horses? Yeah. You know, the big tech companies that are based here. They're tremendously powerful and they've got huge resources to put into into lobbying and, you know, they, they're, they're very good at PR. They produce these transparency reports that kind of tell you as much as they're willing to tell you and don't tell you, you know, what they're not willing to tell you. And we know this from things like Frances Haugen's whistleblowing testimony back in 2021. You know, she... She really kind of brought us behind the curtain a little bit. And she told us that, for example, that they knew they were causing harm to a proportion of their teenage users, mm. girls, you know, that it was impacting on their self-esteem and their well-being. You know, so they know things that they are not sharing. And we and they, they should be uh, uh, they should be compelled to be more transparent about what they know and should be working with research bodies and academic institutions to ensure that we can learn from this. And we can do better. So, okay. So, we're, 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 the, the the view when it comes to the tech companies is that um, you can only expect them to kind of act in 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 the public interest to a certain point. They need to be compelled to do the right thing, and they need to be compelled through legislation uh, to do the right thing. Um, do you have faith that 
Neve Hodnett, and I'm not talking about her as a person, but rather that the role will, will, will bring about effective change. She's this online safety commissioner within Commission Naman. Yeah, I'm hopeful. I mean, we worked, you know, with others to to ensure that there were key elements included in that piece of legislation. So, for example, an individual complaints mechanism, which will put more power into the hands of the user if it's if it's kind of mm. done right. So at the moment, you know, you could make an complaint to the likes of, I don't know, TikTok or whatever, and they may or may not reply. You know, they, they may or may not take action uh, in relation to that complaint around harmful content. So what we want is that if they do not take action or they do not reply, that you can then take that to the Online Safety Commissioner for them to compel uh, that service to take action in relation yeah. to that harmful content, especially where it relates to a child. And 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 that's that's an improvement on the on the status quo. It still allows the online or the harmful content to proliferate online before it's taken down. And, and I spoke to Neve Hodnett about this, and listen, she acknowledged that's a problem. Uh, and I got the sense from her that one of the difficulties in terms of kind of imposing much stricter regulations about kind of content moderation on the platforms is that you, you almost need to do this kind of as a European-wide approach and you need kind of kind of a, 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 a agreement across all EU member states. And that is kind of, that is a big ship to steer. It is. But I mean, in a way, that's already happening, right? We have, you, you know, this this Online Safety Media Regulation Act is complementary to the Digital Services Act. So we are seeing that kind of regulatory move across Europe. And I think when we're talking about the best interests of children, I, I can't, you know, I, I think most would agree that we need to be doing a lot more to ensure that children are better protected. It will come down to having very clear thresholds and parameters. So, you know, we need to be sure that once they have crossed the line, that they have breached uh, the code that the sanction will then apply and and that, you know, it's not sort of, you know, endlessly waiting, uh, you know, or, or, you know, based on, you know, many faults or many Mm. uh, breaches. It's got to be, you know, really impactful. So in fairness, we need to wait to see that first online safety code. We need to see how it will be applied, how effective it is, what the sanctions look like, how quickly they're they're issued. You know, so I think we've got to give it a, a little bit of time. I think they have moved quite quickly. Uh, we are watching it closely, obviously, and we're not the only ones. Um, but, you know, I hope it will bring the change that it needs to bring. Because, you know, as I said, they will not change unless they're compelled to do so. They are making money off their users. Yeah. They're making money off child users too. Um, it's interesting. There was a story in the front page of one of the UK papers earlier in the week about um, more power being given to school principals uh, uh, in Britain to kind of seize phones and hold them. And, you know, these are kind of devices worth, you know, several hundred euros. So there's maybe been a reluctance to kind of confiscate them from people for too long. Uh, but the government uh, uh, there uh, through legislation say they're going to ensure that there'll be no kind of legal repercussions if a principal sees a phone in a school and wants to take it until the end of the day or indeed until the end of the year. I mean, should we be a little more robust? I, I'm, I'm not sure that the approach that the UK government is taking is the right one. I think it, it misses the point, you know, that the harm is by and large not occurring during school time. And most schools have already taken action on this. You know, certainly schools we're engaging with and we're going into schools all the time have started to take action. They don't want to see kids on devices in the yard or in the, you know, during break times. They certainly don't want to see them in the classroom mm. distracting pupils. Mm. So they've already taken action. We need to focus on how do we better educate and equip children. So I'd love to see our Department of Education and, 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 and other departments of education focusing on 
the curriculum. How can we, through our education system, better equip children? Obviously, we need to be doing that at home as well, but it does need to be happening in schools in a more robust and comprehensive way. Alex Cooney is the CEO of CyberSafe Kids. Alex, thanks a million for uh, coming into us in studio. The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan. Weekdays from four on News Talk.